Welcome to another distinct nostalgia by MIM. More than a podcast. Now it's time for the first of two Emmerdale reunions, bringing together actors and characters from the early years of the show. Cast your mind back to when there wasn't as much bed-hopping in the Dales as there is today. Back in the day, any hint of a dalliance would be a shock for viewers. In 1988, that shock came in the shape of actor Greg Floy, who played the dashing Stephen Fuller and potential romantic interest for long-time Emmerdale character Dolly Skilbeck, played by Gene Rogers. 33 years on, Ashley's been catching up with Greg. Greg Floyd, thank you very much indeed uh, for, for joining us. Now, a lot of people probably won't remember you. They won't remember your name, uh, your, your your name in terms of off-screen, I want to thought, unless they know you for other things. Um, and they might not quite remember you in terms of you, if we were to say your name in Emmerdale. But if we said something about uh, an affair with Dolly and Wood... And various things. They might try and work yeah. it out, might they? Tell us, take us back, take us back. How did you, first of all, how did you land your role in Emmerdale? Uh, yes, I've been mainly in the theatre. I've been at the National and uh, doing new plays at the Bush. And um, in those days, you have to remember that uh, it was very, we're talking 1988, if, if anybody listening can remember as far back as that and um i was about 40 41 and this role cropped up to go and uh have a meeting and audition for it and i can remember being a little bit slightly reluctant because in those days if you got into the soap you know it tended to label you and uh i just thought this is even if I got it. I this was before I got the part. Anyway, I decided to go out for it. Cut a long story short, and I thought, well, if I'm not that keen, they won't want me anyway, and I'll let that make the decision. But of course, I went back and I read with Jean, who played Dolly, and um, they offered it to me, and uh, I went up and did it. Initially, for I think it's about three months, something like that. And um, the plan was for us to have the affair. In that three months, we got together and it was, will they, won't they? And no, we mustn't. And uh, of course, she had a child with Matt and we didn't actually do it, as it were. Um, But there were lots of meetings and uh, kisses and hugs. And that's as far as it went. And what ifs. And during that time, I think the uh, the cross, whatever it was called, burnt down. Lots of incidents were happening elsewhere. And the plan was to bring me back and we would have the affair. And all the episodes, I believe, were written. And I decided to do that. Um, but we fell out over money. And so uh, it was a very small amount of money, too. And so I didn't do it. Uh the producer dug his heels in, and um, I didn't do it. Um, and I know for a fact that it, they were all written, because I spoke to as Keith Richardson, who was writing them and was the original producer. And um, but my time up there, I really enjoyed. I was I felt a bit sort of oh god, I've got to go and do this, and they'll all know each other, and it's very nerve wracking going into something established. 
like that. But uh, I had a great time. As often when you're not looking forward to something, it turns out to be fantastic. What do you think you had then? What was it about your image and everything that you had as, as you know, made you right, do you think, to be this person to have an affair with, uh, with Dolly? Um, oh, I don't know. Uh, it's the only time I've been hunk of the month in the Sunday people, I think it was. Uh, so he was somebody very different to Matt, I think. So I was presumably in my voice probably a little richer than it is now, but I am quite well-spoken. I was from elsewhere, outside of Yorkshire, and um, very different to life on the farm and the other local characters. So I think they played up a... One or two of the male characters got a bit antsy about me because they thought their women were, you know having a flirtation with me as well. So I was basically uh, brought in tart. Um, (laughs) uh, A would-be tart, I think. But um, what was interesting was working with all the actors and everybody very different. I was a bit of a disruptor in a way because they were all very set in their ways as regards Wednesday night is Chinese meal night and all these various things. I came in there and said, you know, let's have an Indian on Tuesday or whatever. And uh, uh, so it was a bit disruptive like that. But uh, I, I, I really enjoyed it. And there were some lovely people on it. Just remind us about his role in terms of what he did. Who was yes. he? In terms yes. of his, his name was yeah. Stephen Fuller. I've looked it up. <laughs> his name was Stephen Fuller. And he was a, a timber consultant. Um was brought in, I think, I think it was Joe as a character who wanted me to, to cut timber and to grow trees and to go into that side of, uh, of the industry and Jack who was against it. So it set up all the tensions within the family. Um, uh, yes, a tree consultant. And when I didn't go back and do it, they, the producer got his vengeance by, dropping a tree on me in absentia. And there was an episode, which I'd never seen until I looked it up just recently, uh, of my funeral. And um, there's a little uh, a little cutaway of myself and Dolly as she's seeing me lowered into the grave. So, yeah, one nil to the producer. I think they called you the tree fella fella or something. Something like that. There were a lot of gags about the name, yeah, I'm sure. Um, yes, yeah, so that was the reason for bringing me in. And um, I can't actually remember how it grew that Dolly and I had an affair. I can't remember. But, um, I think a lot of it was to do with the fact that Dolly had had this rather sort of boring marriage in a way for a long yes, time. Matt was yes. Matt was okay, but he was quite, he was very reliable, but a little bit Precisely, dull in a way. Yeah. And I think she, she needed, a bit like um, Wendy Craig's character in Butterflies, right, she sort of right. needed a bit of excitement, do you know what I mean? And I think it's definitely it that, and from another world, and I was, there was a lot, fair amount of humour in it, so I was, I was quite witty and charming, um, the character that is. Not myself. Yes, that was it. As you say, Matt was very plodding, but um, a lovely man and president of equity. 
Freddie Parker. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, but at that point in time, soap hadn't got to the point of. I mean, yeah, people, there were affairs in soaps, but generally, it wasn't as commonplace as it is now. So, there is. You mentioned you're in the in the papers and stuff. You know, what was the response that you got to it? Um. Well, I I had actually left the program, uh, the making of the episodes. By the time of transmission, I think there was a something like a couple of weeks overlap when we were doing some final scenes out on location and one or two of the people in the crowd were saying, ooh, you know, <laughs> things like, uh, well, I, I don't know if I can... Can I say anything? Um, you know, saying, go on, give her one or something like that. Or, or and the one or two saying, you leave her alone, you know, and, uh, that sort of thing. But it had only just started because they, they didn't actually know that we were going to have an affair when it came when it came out, and indeed we didn't in the end. Um, so when it came out, I there were one or two um, early days of well, it was all letters in those days, and there were quite a few nice ones for me and a few nasties. I mean, God knows what would happen in today's trolling and instagram etc etc but uh and you're right there weren't many illicit kind of happenings so it was quite a big it was a big deal it was a big deal and where did your your little sort of forays your little romantic moments take place was it all in the countryside (laughs) i mean i had a cottage a rented cottage and you know there was so there was endless things about her car being seen outside my cottage um, and we actually met in Betty's in Harrogate. Uh, so we had a day's filming out at Harrogate. And there is a funny story I remember about that, is strolling through the park opposite Betty's, doing some filming. Um, we walked by, and in the other direction came Paddy and Sean of the Chieftains, and walked by and said, oh, hello, hello, because we had the cameras. Uh, and they were performing... I think they were performing in Leeds that night or with uh, with Van Morrison. And um, so, yeah, that was my meeting with the Chieftains whilst we were filming. Um, um, well, you were, tre- you, were treated to, you were treated to a Betty's, were you, the, the afternoon tea? Actually, you- no. Jean was, I think, because the whole setup was... Uh, uh, Jean was um, in Betty's waiting for me and I'd got delayed, and just as she was leaving and going home with a tear in her eye, I came running up and saying, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. So, uh, yes, they only had to provide one tea. I don't even know if she got anything. We'll talk, we'll talk, we'll, we're talking a moment about, about working with Jean, but did you have any, any other encounters with the other main cast members? Did you have to have any... Yes, I had bits with Joe and Jack, and... This is only me looking back at stuff. I saw there was a meal with the Sugdens, um, with Sheila presiding. In the in the old um, kitchen, in the big kitchen. Yes. It, it was an iconic kitchen, that, wasn't it, really? Everyone yes. loved that kitchen, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and that was, um, yes, yeah, so we had a meal, and that, that was before anything started at all. Um, and I dealt with Joe and Jack, there's a bit of aggression from Jack and aggression from Phil, 
Phil Pierce because he thought I was having an affair with Sandy. Uh, so I had one or two scenes with her and him and um, and the lovely Richard Thorpe. I was in the pub a few times, so... You saw Amos and Mr Wilkes? Yeah, I saw Amos and Mr Wilkes, that's right. Um, so brief encounters with a lot of the cast. Did you know any of them beforehand? Did you, did you, know, did you work with any of them before? No, I didn't, actually. Oh, another one was Archie, who I got Tony Pitts, who I got on with very well. I don't think I had anything with him, but we got on very well. He was a nice lad. Um, I've seen him doing a lot of stuff of late. He's turned into a an intellectual, <laughs> from what I can see. Um, Sheffield lad. What, um, what surprised you most about going into such a long running? Because, of course, in those days, I think they'd started doing more episodes by that point. But it was slightly slower than it is today, in the sense I know everything with soap is very speeded up now. I but, know. But what was it like, sort of... Because um, Emmerdale... I mean, I'm from, I'm from Yorkshire. So I know Emmerdale in the sense that you had the scenes that were done, obviously, at the studios at, at Kirkstall Road in, York, in, in Yorkshire Telly in Leeds. Yeah. And then you had to go way, way out, because this was before... They had the, the, the ready-made set, wasn't it? It was done in different That's locations. Right. It must have been quite an experience, you know, soaking up all that great um, atmosphere in terms of the countryside and stuff like that as well, was it? It was, indeed. Um, I can remember doing uh, a double a double header, I can't remember what the technical term was, whereby we were out in the countryside uh, looking at the ruins after the fire and Dolly and I had a quite a you know a, a sort of lovely scene as it were she was very upset and being rushed back in the car and doing interiors back in the studio so there wasn't a lot of time for uh, enjoying the countryside what surprised me was the hard work not that I thought it was a doddle but quite how up against it with I mean it's remarkable anything's ever gets out in in my view, but watching it as you've you've preempted me in a way, it's how slow the pace of everything, much slower, and in some ways it's quite nice to go back to that, but and especially nice for the credits because you can see who everyone is. Um, but of course nowadays everything's very different and crash bang wallop zoom bang you know. Uh, if they were having an affair now, I mean, they'd have been doing it on the countertop, I would have thought, by by episode well, two. Well, certainly Emmerdale after that got much more racy and has continued to be it's racy ever since. <laughs> what, now, going to, going to Yorkshire Television, which, of course, was a hotbed of creativity anyway, wasn't it? There was so many things yeah. made there. That must have been quite an experience as well. You, you must have, did you see various interesting things happening while you were there? I mean, obviously you weren't there that long, but it was one of the big ITV regions, wasn't it? Yes, I do remember the subsidised bar um, very well. Um, at, at that time, my, my first wife was actually at one point making a series, which I can't remember what it was called, with um, James... It will come to me, the likely lads. James Bolam. James Bolam, it wasn't, uh, yeah. was it, um, was it the Biderbeck affair by any chance? No, it wasn't. It was, it was a comedy series. Only when I laugh. No. Nope. Uh, what else was he in? He was in quite a few. It things. was about that time. Yeah. And she was, I can't remember what she was playing in it, 
but there was a time when we saw each other in a corridor uh, and that was it for a couple of weeks uh, because we both we lived in in Surrey and we were both up there filming different things for Yorkshire TV we'll be back after a quick break you still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping you feel me loading them up on it, it only takes structure and, and you know just paying attention to the climate of the game yeah. Nah, man. So do do your homies uh got a role in your in your little? You mean? Yeah, yeah. We all we all artists over here, man. I'm trying. Oh, yeah, I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah. We all artists, man. We go. You feel me? We gonna have this like. Bro, me and my man, like me and my man Kyle, we be like, I don't know, we play, we play with this <laughs> shit. Right with this I got lie, we play with this shit right now for for. Oh, I got Don't play with it. Take that shit serious. Well, he did in the eighties. He did the Biderbeck affair. Only when I laugh. Room at the bottom. Room at the bottom. That was it. Was it? Yeah. That was it. What was your wife in that? I can't remember. Uh, I think love interest. I think. I think. Richard Wilson was in that as well. That's right. And Keith Barron. That's right. That's right. Keith Barron. Yes. Keith Barron. That's right. Oh, of course, was did a lot of Yorkshire TV because he did. Um, yes, he did. He did uh, yeah. What's it called? Duty Free, of course. So, uh, yeah, but there were quite right. a lot of actors that kept coming back. I mean, David Jason there did were, loads of yeah. things there as well, didn't he? The canteen was, you know, you always seeing somebody. Um, yeah, it was gone of those days. My claim to fame with that canteen, because I used to go there as a kid, because I was from Yorkshire. My dad had a friend who was a projectionist, and he used to go in and watch Emmerdale being filmed, watch Countdown being filmed, and all sorts of things. And I remember having having fish and chips or something with some of the some of the um, the people from Calendar, which is the local news program, including yes. Richard Whiteley and whatever. And the the for some reason that the the salt and pepper pots were and the sugar pots all looked very similar. And I remember sitting there talking to Richard Whiteley for half an hour, having having put um, sugar all over my chips, which which was I couldn't admit to it. It's bloody awful. I tell you no, this. so you had to eat them. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But no, it's a great great place, really. Um, so yeah. so Gene Gene Rogers. Now Gene had, Gene had not played Dolly from the beginning. There was somebody else before Catherine uh, Barker, That's who right. I subsequently yeah. worked with. There you go. There yeah. you go. And, yeah. and and she so it's something new in a way, Jean, because I remember being a little boy, very early eighties, and this it was a big thing to, to have a new actor playing a pre because did, that didn't happen in Britain. That it much, didn't you know at mean? all. No, at all. No. So she she'd had to go through all that, and, and she and she had gained the trust of the population, and yeah. and she yeah. was a very much loved character in in Emmerdale, wasn't she? So that's right. You must that's have been right. you must have been aware of that, the fact that this was a much loved character, and that's quite important, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, in fact, uh, my late mum and dad, they were big fans of Emmerdale Farm, as it was. Um, I think it changed just after my time there. Um, and when I was on the phone to her saying that I was going to be doing it. Oh, I, th- I think I was going back to read with Jean and I phoned my mum up because I didn't watch it to ask who Dolly was and, um, you know, just to set the scene. And she got so excited. Uh, and when I got it, she ran out into the uh, little bungalows where they lived and said, uh, he's got it, he's going to be with Dolly, he's going to be with Dolly. <laughs> 
shouting it out. And I said, shush, it's not. <laughs> Be quiet. Um, and I did manage to take my mum and dad up there uh, for a day out. Um, they met everybody in the bar and some gags with Stan Richards and everything because my dad's from Macclesfield and uh, was from Macclesfield. Um, yeah, it was lovely. Uh, Jean, yeah, I was very much aware of her position and so was she. Um, and I think the public were probably split down the middle, which is ideal. You know, some thinking, yes, go on, you deserve a good time. And others thinking, how could you do that to poor old Matt, you know? As I emphasise again, not that we did anything, but yeah. Yeah, well, you could have done. If, you, if you'd sorted out that financial thing, you could have been Yeah, an extra tenner <laughs> and I'd have been there. <laughs> but um, I think... I think, uh, yes, whilst I was there, uh, Clive Hornby uh, was being let go and there was a huge petition going round that said canteen to keep him. Everybody, one of the first things that happened when I arrived were people coming out saying, you signed the petition, sign the petition. And uh, it worked, actually, and they kept him on, which was great. There was a real winner for the actor. And our Emmerdale reminiscences here on Distinct Nostalgia will continue in just a few minutes. The Awesome arrives on Distinct Nostalgia with a host of new soap, drama, comedy and entertainment treats, including Casualty at 35. We mark the show's milestone birthday by meeting the woman who uttered the very first words. I think the first words were good night. <laughs> Seems good. ironic, but yes. <laughs> and then in actual birthday week, Distinct Nostalgia meets a woman who became one of the main female faces fans took to their heart for several decades. Kathy Shipton, who became Duffy. So you'd go into this rehearsal room, the whole room is laid out like the studio set. They've got it there and you haven't got a clue. And then they've got poles and they're saying the poles are the edge of the cubicles. So all of us will be going in going... Whoosh, and my first shot, I walked in on the real set in BBC Studio D in White City and I went, and they went, Kath, you don't have to do that because there's a real curtain, you know, all of this ridiculousness. And we've other casualty blasts from the past as we repeat our conversation with Jonathan Kerrigan. And then there's some intriguing soap specials. We're meeting the first Tracy, Christabel Finch, who played the character from her birth in 1977. It felt very normal because it had been like ever since I was a baby, I'd been there every single week filming. Get out of school, get out of the spelling test and go down to the studios. My friends were not very aware of it. And I remember one person saying to me, saying, are you on Sesame Street? And I was like, no, I'm on Coronation Street. And we've a surprise Emmerdale reunion. There's also a magpie reunion. What was very different about us is, first of all, we were all much better looking. And <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> <laughs> I never said that. <laughs> I think we were younger than the Blue Peter presenters. You know, just a bit more in tune with the people that watched us. We had seven million people watching twice a week. And Tim Vincent goes in search of Valerie Singleton, bumping into other Blue Peter stars along the way. Stuart Miles, Tim Vincent, 
as I never breathe. Uh, what are you calling me for? What do you want? Well, I'm actually looking for uh, Valerie Singleton's number, but of course, I'm checking in on you. Trips to Sun Hill and the Bill. Memories of Darling Buds of May. The Tomorrow People and interviews with classic stars Jeanette Scott and Melvin Hayes and legendary TV composer Dennis King. Our great sitcom writer series continues as we sit down with Clement and Lafrenet, who penned Porridge and The Likely Lads. That had an instant response. The very next day I was shooting a commercial and nobody had any idea that I had anything to do with it, but I heard them all talking about it, and that, that made me feel that maybe we had another hit. A bumper autumn of memories, only on Distinct Nostalgia. More than a podcast. If nobody was told what you were meant to do, if there weren't any rules, then we would be living in a totally different format. A brand new podcast featuring rarely heard voices from across the UK and around the world. Bisexuality is not really understood because people have biphobic tendencies. And the second you mention bisexual, just their ears pick up. Contemporary conversations around bisexuality. Oh, well, you're still confused, right? No, I'm not confused. We are questioned so much more than people when they come out as straight or gay. It's intense pressure of like, am I sure? You're literally like monitoring yourself. Every episode will include a very personal story as we try to paint a real picture of bisexual Britain. This is Bisexual Brunch. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. Do you want a cup of tea? I'll have half a cup. And that caught on. Yeah, that became a kind of catchphrase, I think. It was the hilarious film of 1999. It wasn't anything to do with race or religion or creed or colour. It was as simple as an art student who thinks he's all free and easy and thinking that that's going to be okay. East is East by Ayub Khan Din broke new ground by portraying a relationship between a British woman and her Asian husband. And as a new version of the story comes back to the stage in Birmingham, why not remind yourself of the movie classic with Distinct Nostalgia's special trilogy of star interviews. Oh, frig off and wash your bastard curtains, you dirty cow. And I swear to God, that's one of the best lines I've ever had to say in my life. But the film had a serious side too, tackling both racism and domestic violence. I threw myself and put all my physical strength into trying to stop him. And I couldn't. In Helsinki, they were saying, I can't believe you've made this film. It's incredible because it's showing what life is like for us now. A series of special interviews with Linda Bassett, Leslie Nickel and Chris Bisson. It was a great script and it was a timely thing to tell because it hadn't been told before. They've done all sorts of incredible things to transport you back in time to give you an authentic feel of what it was like. This series of special interviews is available now at distinctnostalgia.com. Suicide is sadly something which affects people from all backgrounds. I am a journalist and broadcaster and I'm 37 years old. I live in London with my husband. I'm originally from West Yorkshire. About five years ago, I had a single episode of psychosis which led to suicidal ideation. I'm Devon Rees and I've been an actor for over 10 years. And some of you might know me from playing your law on a Welsh soap called Pobolacom. And this 
is Life Matters. Brought to you by the Zero Suicide Alliance. We'll have our personal story from bisexual journalist Nikki Hodgson. I certainly felt like I can't live like this anymore. I don't think I was supported very well looking back. They didn't really look at the stress. They didn't really look at some things that were going on at home that weren't particularly great and my relationships with my parents at that time. Our aim with these shows is to discuss solutions and raise awareness of very important issues which touches many of us. This is Life Matters with Dove Ann Reese, radio presenter Daryl Morris and Professor Alice Roberts. Listen within your podcast provider by searching for Life Matters and visit zerosuicidealliance.com for a free online awareness course that could help you save lives. If you're a Blue Peter fan, you'll enjoy something special we've got coming soon. Tim Vincent is going in search of Valerie Singleton, and he'll be meeting one or two others along the way. Hi, Peter. It's Tim Vincent. How are you? Oh, hi, Tim. How are you? Nice to hear from you. I'm not too bad. i tell you why I'm ringing up. I'm trying to get hold of Valerie's number, by any chance. What, Singleton? Yes. Hmm. I'm not sure I've got it now. I've got an address somewhere. Well, I'm tempted to ask, why do you want Val's phone number, Tim? I'll only pass it on to you if you divulge why you want it. <laughs> Tim Vincent, as I never breathe. What are you calling me for? What do you want? H- hello? T- Tim? Tim Tim Vincent. Tim Vincent. Oh, God. It's Tim Just hits about 20 minutes or something. I'm, I'm, no, no, that's Tim Vincent from Blue Peter. Listen out for In Search of Valerie Singleton with Tim Vincent very soon on Distinct Nostalgia. How long ago is it since you, you since you last spoke to Jean? You saw Jean? Oh, um, uh, I maybe saw Jean at an equity meeting uh, many years ago. Not of late at all. Well, we've got a little bit of a surprise for you because... Uh, Joining us now from her home in Sussex is indeed Jean Rogers. Hello, Jean. So, uh, Greg, what, what, do you, what do you think? Um... She was fantastic, <laughs> doesn't she? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all right, isn't it? Oh, I, watched, I watched an episode. I managed to find one when I knew I was doing this. And it was you coming to the cottage and will we, won't we, and can't we, can we? And I... You know, it, was, it really held up. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, Michael Russell was a very, very good writer. I mean, he was the editor. Um, he was a writer and then he, he edited it and then he was given the job of producing it. And um, that was lovely. And then, of course, he, he uh, handed over, which, of course, was um, a bit, who got rid of you? <laughs> well, um <laughs> Before you'd even got going, really. Just... But it was written. Uh, I was told, Keith Richardson said, they had it all written, the yeah. affair. And I was going to come back where we couldn't agree the money. It was as simple as that. Did you ever hear the story of the woman who wrote to me um, after, after she watched the episode where your death was the wonderful death, you know, on the radio? I hear, you know, Dolly hears the news that somebody's been forest and um a tree dropping on him of course yeah yeah um but um she she wrote me this very distressed letter saying 
I, I've been watching Emmerdale, I do my ironing every time it's on, she said, and I've been watching this, this affair and I've been waiting for it to really get somewhere, she said, and I've just watched the episode where he's killed, she says, I shall never watch Emmerdale again. Ah. She didn't, because I never heard from her. That was my mum. <laughs> no, come on. No, they were big fans, yes. <laughs> Yeah, it was a great shame, but there you are. So, Jean, in your, in, as, as, with your dolly hat on, what, what, what was it about the tree fella fella? What was special about him? What was, it was a bit of excitement, wasn't it? But what was it about him? You're being wicked now. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, I think she needed some romance in her life, you know, um, especially after Crossgill had gone up in flames. That, that was, I could always justify it. Because um, if only Matt had said, don't worry, you know, don't worry, lass, I'll do something about it. But he he, um, was so happy, really, to stay in Ma's, you know, um, domain, Um, which, which, you know, that's okay. But it meant that, that Dolly was always... You know, there's always another woman in the house who had her own rules, even though they had their own door, you know, and it, they were private. Um, and it was a dream that, that just well, went up in smoke, literally. And um, yes, and I, I think she was such a, a responsible person that that bit of excitement in her life was, yeah. And did, did the tree fella fella, Greg, ever come face-to-face with Matt? Do you have any scenes with Matt? I had one or two, I had one or two general scenes. Uh, no, not confrontationally, but the one I had a confrontation with was Phil, because he thought I was flirting with Sandy. Yes. I think I, as I said, I think I flirted with everybody. I was, <laughs> Amos was a bit... <laughs> no. um, but, yeah, I think I was, I was brought in as a a bit of a disruptor as well you know on on every level because of the the quarrel with the brothers as well about this tree plantation or whatever so joe and jack were up against each other and yeah yes so actually when you talk about your motivation maybe it was going to end in tears for poor old dolly (laughs) possibly yeah and matt and i would have got together well, these days we would have done that. Yes. <laughs> Not then. And that would have happened next week. <laughs> Precisely, yes, yes. The affair would have taken up one whole episode, I think, these days. But do you, you know why I think, why I think those episodes did, did cause quite, quite a stir? Because there's a great deal of difference between reading uh, about well-known people in the paper you know it's sensational you buy the paper and so on Mm. but when the lady over the road who you know goes to church a lot and you know was was um very helpful in various ways has for you you know her and she's very sort of responsible person when you hear that she's going up running off with the vicar that Mm. much more and i think that that's should be what happens in a soap because you get to know the character so well that it's more intriguing really and this 
competition for ratings. I think it loses as many people as it gains, but that's my opinion. Yeah. It's a different world. Craig was just telling me that you did. You had a few um, trips here and there, and you, you had a nice trip to Betty's in Harrogate, um, uh, but you got the afternoon tea and he didn't get anything. <laughs> no, I just, I, I, looking up back episodes, doing my research, I saw the one where we were meeting in Betty's yes. and you were sitting there and I didn't turn up. And just as you were leaving, I ran in and said, so sorry, I got delayed, whatever. And we walked in the gardens opposite. Yes. So they didn't have to buy us a cream tea. Because it's a shame that the classic Emmerdale's never started with that. They, they started after you'd gone. Um, it really, with the tapes. So, so, so a lot of people were saying to me, oh, but what happened, what happened? And they were so gorgeous. Those six episodes, I think, could almost stand on their own as a, a briefing yeah, I was, just, I was just saying that in a way you were a bit like, your character was a little bit like, um, in terms of the romance and the way it played out, it was a little bit like, um, not quite, but Wendy Craig's character in Butterflies. In the sense, she was she was always after a little bit of romance. It wasn't the sex she was after, really. It was a bit of romance. And, and the tree fella fella gave you that bit of romance. I think she was after the sex as well, but she didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, just be polite. <laughs> A bit more than a tea cake. I mean, and that again was what made it that much more, many more layers. You know, it was three dimensional. So, what did it do for you then, Greg? In terms of obviously, you weren't you weren't in it for very long, but it's one of those moments in your career that people remember and notice, and it gets quoted and all the rest of it. What did it do for you in terms of your career? In terms of other things that you did after that, did it for a moment were you sought after for particular roles or anything? I, I don't think it's... Well, the thing is, I, I was involved with a, a project immediately afterwards and I wrote a play which I was involved with. But I did have people, one or two people coming up to me in pubs, mainly men, saying, all right, sign that, you know, really aggressively. Sign that for my missus and things like that. Uh, and one of them saying, she likes you, I can't stand you, and things like that. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people have got those sort of stories. But uh, it was kind of an interlude for me. And as I say, lovely people. Everybody was lovely up there. And another thing, you asked me what surprised me, apart from the the sheer intensity of the work load, was also the fact that people are always going off and doing, you know, little ceremonies and awards and occasions connected with the show and the soaps in the north of England, if you like. All the extra stuff that goes along with being a, 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 a soap regular, which, of course, I just fell short of. If I'd come back, no doubt I'd have been on that, in that circuit as well. And just the variety of people who were on the show, people like Stan and Richard Thorpe and, you know, uh, Fraser and yourself and... Everybody very different, and uh, and everybody was very warm and and nice to me. I remember. Was uh, was Dolly ever the same again after that, Jean? Um, well, it was a springboard, I think, for Dolly to start spreading her wings a bit. Because I, d- I mean, Greg won't 
perhaps remember, because he may not have watched the program thereafter. And all of a sudden, um, the, I've, I've told Ashley this, that the makeup people came. They always, the wardrobe and makeup always know. They always the, know everything. They always know what the next scripts are as well. Yeah. I said, um, oh, we've just seen Dolly's going to have an abortion. And I thought, pardon? <laughs> abortion? Oh, didn't know she was pregnant. But um, anyway, um, she'd had a little dalliance. And of course, you know, not being a responsible person, she hadn't made sure that she was, you know, sort of waterproofed, as it were. How so, long after me was this? That's outrageous. I think it was the following year. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was only actually six months before I left because, you know, I, I, I did have a long conversation about it. And it wasn't that I didn't think she wouldn't have an abortion. And I was accused of, oh, I, I don't believe in abortion. And I said, it's got nothing to do with what I believe in. And actually, I believe that a woman should be in charge of her own body, you know, not men in Parliament. Confusing you with Dolly. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. Anyway, that's another story. Um, so, um, but I wasn't happy because I couldn't see how, I couldn't kind of come to terms with it, really, and how to play it. Because I said to him, couldn't you just do it that it was because she found out, it was, you know, she's an older mother and all that, which I thought would have been actually interesting and very helpful to, to the public watching, you know, that kind of storyline. Um, oh, I haven't got time for that, he said. And of course, really what it was, was that there was going to be this episode or a series of six episodes where a woman was pregnant, which was one of the young, the young couples. Uh, a woman wanted desperately to have a baby, and that was Kim Tate. And they, he needed somebody to get rid of a baby, you know, so that it made it very neat. So he it would be jolly. So yeah, that was that was that was difficult, really. But I love challenges, so it was okay. These scripts that were written that were which never happened because, of course, you were you were killed off and the tree was you know you, you had the tree fall on you, whatever it was, <laughs> which is which is all very bizarre. Um, what do do we know? Have we has anybody ever seen these? Do we know what might have happened if it had carried on? Have you know any of that? No. Well, all I know is that Keith Richardson and uh, in the Blessed Canteen, I remember walking past, I think he was with, with Eugene, and, and it was when all the discussions were going on with my agent and everything, and uh, he, he actually said, well, you've got us over a barrel, basically, because they're all written. Or at least they were written, I don't know in what detail, the storylines were definitely down there. There was the plan. I mean, you knew that, I think, Jean. Uh, well, I was told that. It was so long ago. But I, I do remember we fell out over a ridiculously low sum per episode. The difference in the difference in me accepting and not. And we both dug our heels in. And he very much dug his heels in. Because, and I was thinking, well, he's got to give way because I've been told by <laughs> higher up people. But he didn't. He dug his toes in. So that's fine. So off I went. Do you think inevitably, though, even if there had been the blossoming affair and continued, that the chances are it would have ended in tragedy somewhere? You might have both ended up under a tree. <laughs> I pull my character off, I think, because of the way in which my character sloped off. I mean, just sort of one minute there, one minute gone. They didn't dare do that. 
because they're, they're, you, know, you have to weigh how much of an impact the characters made. And I'm talking about with the structure of everything. But of course, it was all moving further and further away from the family as such, um, and more towards the tapes and that kind of thing, because those were the characters that um, the new producer who took over from Michael had brought in. So, you know, everything was going to be geared that way. Of course, along the way, I think he made some sad decisions, but there you are. So how, how does it feel after all these years to be face-to-face -face with your tree fellow fella then, Jean? Just thinking, that old kid. <laughs> it's um, it's so weird. Yeah, yeah. But you're looking well. You're looking well. Are you managing going with all this co terrible... Co yes, yes. I've been doing... For the last 10 years, probably all TV and film, bits and pieces here and there. Uh, but of course, since the lockdown, uh, since, you know, since all of this COVID, there's not been a lot around, especially for older people. Well, as a woman, there's not a lot around for others. No, women. of course not. If I could grow a nice beard like you've got, I might do a bit better, really, you know. It's You're doing fine work with equity, aren't you? You know, you get involved in the activism, but you still need to be working, especially yeah. when you can still learn lines, you know, obviously. Precisely, yeah. When well, the mind's still going. I seem to have moved into uh, judges. Yes, I can I've see. played a lot of judges. Or rear admirals. Uh, rear admiral. I was thinking you were quite sort of... No, it's, it's just been judges. Um Judges all the way for me. Really? Uh, yeah. What would you cast me as then? Must be wonderful to have a niche. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, nobody does. You could be a uh, single mum. <laughs> single mum, yes. Well, I don't know. Granny. I young think. grandmother. Yes, young grandmother, yeah. Very young grandmother. You could play anything. That's the point. Well, maybe we should get you both together to do a reimagining of what might have yes. happened. Yeah. To, to... Get them in, in their little cottage when they're old. <laughs> yeah. the fire, the logs he felled the night before. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, it's been fantastic. Thank lovely. you very much indeed. Lovely. And uh, lovely to get you both together and to hear about what happened in Emmerdale way, way back. I'm sure the fans' distinct nostalgia will love it. We'll get plenty of response to this, I'm sure. Um, thank you very much indeed for talking to us, both of you. You're welcome. Lovely to see you. Lovely to see you, Dream. Yes, and you too, Greg. You take care. Had Dolly and the Tree Fella Fella reunited after three decades, and there'll be another reunion from two stars from the early days of Emmerdale very soon here on Distinct Nostalgia. Distinct Nostalgia is produced by MIM, and if you like what we do, then please consider supporting us on Patreon. Every penny helps us to make even more amazing content just for you. Go to distinctnostalgia.com and click on the donate button. Thank you. Distinct Nostalgia. More than a podcast. As well as amazing interviews, the Distinct Nostalgia podcast is also home to an epic radio quiz. Oh, I've never heard of it. Where listeners just like you go head-to-head -head on their favourite TV shows and films and put their general knowledge to the test. There's a bonus point if you can sing the theme tune, but I know you're not going to, are you? 
Skippy, 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 the bush kangaroo is all I can remember about. Yeah, well, that yeah, that earns you a point. Yeah, I'll go for that. A brand new season of the Distinct Nostalgia Mind of the Month quiz is almost here, and it needs you. Prisoner cell block. Cell B. Prisoner cell block H. Simply pick your favourite TV show or film and get in touch at distinctnostalgia.com or by messaging us on Twitter. Have a go at three British films. Just have a guess. Oh, Whistle Down the Wind, Carry On Up the Kyber. Um, no, this is rubbish. I'm sorry. No, I don't <laughs> that, know. <laughs> that, they're not bad attempts, actually. And the two leading minds from across the month compete head-to-head in the final for a coveted Distinct Nostalgia mug. It's almost like a trophy. The Distinct Nostalgia Mind of the Month quiz. Got there in the end. <laughs> (laughs) Coming this autumn. Oh, it's amazing. They always are. (laughs)